Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies, at GodIsGrayXO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash gray. Now, on to the episode. Hello, this week we are talking to my dear old friend, Tori Arns. She's not old, she's just an old friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> she's younger than me. Um, she is... Am I younger than you? Yes, I'm old AF. <laughs> That's cute. I don't feel younger than you. Do you remember when we used to crash parties? <gasps> this is one of my favorite stories, you guys. I was, it's one of my Tori, favorite memories. <laughs> Tori is always down for whatever, which is my favorite kind of girl. And uh, so we were at this party that was like really boring and it was supposed to be very fun. There was like hundreds of people there and everyone's just making out and being ridiculous. And um, not that that's ridiculous. <laughs> Basically, everyone People else are, is having are fun except for us. drinking and making out, yeah. <laughs> and we were not having fun. So we heard, like, amazing rap music in the distance, which is my favorite genre. And we're, like, someone up in the hills in Hollywood. And anyone that hasn't been here, there's just a whole hill section. And it's where anyone that has money gets a house on the hill. And you can kind of hear music from somewhere and Mm -hmm. we got in her car because she agreed to and just went looking for this party Mm -hmm. and we found the source of the music Mm -hmm. and we very confidently storm in the front door no that's not what happened we've crashed a couple parties but this party i remember we were like creepily hovering outside the door (laughs) do you remember oh one of those and they saw us and they were like come in (laughs) come in it turned out to be this like it was kind of a smallish party, but it was a family gathering and they Sit like down dinner. Yeah, but it was casual and they were like <laughs> <laughs> they like shoved food in our face. They like forced us to eat seconds. The DJ was like twelve years old. And, and he was he little was John's son. Little John's son. And they were just letting him practice. It wasn't like a <laughs> like rowdy party. It sounded rowdy because he was playing all rap. Yeah. But this family was this really like Very sophisticated, intimate. beautiful, yeah. like Persian family and they had all of their like cultural foods and the grandmother was yeah. dancing with us to like it Lil was Wayne. So, and they were so welcoming. <laughs> and yes. I loved it because we we put ourselves in a position where we were hanging out with people we wouldn't otherwise have met like in our tiny circles it's, yeah it's, I love I love putting myself in me situations too like that. it's the and best. LA has all these beautiful pockets of completely different cultures yeah and when you get sucked into one you're just kind of stuck there it's true it's amazing how isolated you can get um I'm hoping this podcast will actually bring me to all different kinds of people in LA because I I'm really sure will gotta spread my wings it's ridiculous yeah Um, but I really wanted to introduce you guys to Tori because she is incredible. She's still a designer. Um, she designs jewelry 
It's called Stoneheart Jewelry. And um, she has a beautiful son who's hanging out in the other room watching Winnie the Pooh <laughs> while we talk. <laughs> um, but I wanted you to know Tori because she had a bit, like very traumatic experience when she was in high school, um, courtesy of a well-meaning Mormon mother. So I just wanted her to kind of tell you the story of how this went down and how it affected her relationship with her mother and how she views all of this now that she's raising her own son. And, um, and I think it's an important topic because I know a lot of you guys get alienated or ostracized from your families and your communities. And I would love for anyone that is doing their well-meaning full of love thing by alienating a gay son of yours or you know, someone that's just disobeying in some way that that is not the answer. And Tori will help explain why. So hi, Tori. Hi. <laughs> um, so you grew up Mormon? Yes. Where exactly? Um, my family, we lived in Vegas until I was around 12 and then moved to Santa Barbara. That's really a leap, I feel mm-hmm. like, culturally. <laughs> You'd think, but but... Not really. When you grow up Mormon, you're very, like, insulated okay. in that community. Actually, that makes sense. The communities are just kind of mirroring each yeah. other in different locales. Yes. yes. And uh, a lot, Mormons go to a lot of church. <laughs> right. <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't know, what is the, what's the custom, like, lifestyle of a Mormon person? Like, what does it feel like to grow up in the household? What are some of the church tenants, that sort of thing? Well, they're Christian. They mm-hmm. just have an additional book called the Book of Mormon. That was so, discovered by a man Joseph in the Smith. woods. Joseph yes. Smith while yes. walking through the woods. Right. So it's just additional text. Does he say like Paul, Jesus came to him in a vision? Or No, I think it was the angel. Oh, you're really going to test my knowledge. I think it was the, the angel Gabriel. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. An angel came to him and told him where where the Book of Mormon was buried. Oh, so he found it. He didn't write it? No, he didn't write it. He found it. <laughs> okay. It's called, like, he found golden plates. They were on golden plates. They were on golden plates. Yeah, and then he... So uh, who do you guys suppose wrote these golden plates? Uh, similar as the Bible, it's, like, mixed authors. Are they... Or mixed, like, prophets. Where but, are these golden plates right now? Uh, I don't... Like they exist in the world, though it's not like a little mythical story. Like you could go no, see these. They're plates. not in the world. No, they're not in the world. I don't think so. That's so. How do you substantiate this crazy claim? How do you substantiate any crazy religious? Claim? Well, if someone says there's like, I sure, but if someone says there's like a tangible evidence, like if the Dead Sea Scrolls mm-hmm. were just a myth and didn't actually mm-hmm. exist, I'd be like, oh, screw you guys. Like this is a fairy mm-hmm. tale, right? Like. That's interesting. I'm well, how can you prove any of it, though? That's why they call it faith. Well, no, of course. Right. I just want to know what the plates are. I'm They're sorry. not. I'm yeah, well, that's. <laughs> I mean, we should we should go look for them. <laughs> go find them. <laughs> We're going to find the plates. We'll be back. But I mean, so they have an additional text, uh, but they are basically Christian. A lot of people don't think of them that way. but They are. Mm hmm. And, you know, my, my experience growing up Mormon is not bad. I mean, they, they're very, very nice people and very 
you know, smart, educated. They all you grow up singing and playing instruments and, you know, yeah. like um, they're all very, very nice. Are there any standards of dress kind of like the Christian church has where? Yes. Yeah. Any uniform type of things? Like, Not cause uniform, but just like modesty mm-hmm. in general. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, they're, they're nice. It's just like, it's anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're trying not to say something. It's not, it's just that when you look back on your experience like that, yes, everyone is so nice. They are. And mm-hmm. they're like, and they have the basic premise of the religion and the basic premise of, I mean, most religions is it comes from a very wonderful, loving place, right? Yeah. Um, but looking back on it, like little things that you hear are just like subtly. Oh. Go for it, please. I, don't know if I want to go for it. Okay. There is subtle racism and subtle like um, sexism and subtle like, and sometimes not so subtle. Like I actually had someone tell me once, like that that gay people are evil. Like yeah. One of like, like this man I grew up, I don't even know if I, I want you to put that in because it's so mean and I wouldn't want anyone to ever hear like even the hearsay of what people say yeah. in the confidence of, you know, I wouldn't, I don't want anyone to overhear that, what, what they say to each other, you know, but it was like somebody, it was one of my like trusted family friends that said that to me. Yeah. Like gays are evil. Like, and I, I remember that moment the way I viewed him in my mind, I like grew up with this man and he's like this brilliant scientist, you know, like very successful, very good father, all these things. And I remember like when he said that to me, I was like, Oh, like, and I, Mm. it was like in a, I just never saw him the same way ever again. And like, he seemed evil when he said it, like it, it just really, shocked me a lot when I heard that I mean that makes sense just as a spiritual person myself that is an evil thing to say so when it comes out of anyone's you know no matter the thing is that is really terrible about religion is that they take something that's so pure-hearted and real about someone like if they take a tried and true faith that that man in particular might have and then someone puts the bug in his ear Mm -hmm. that a threat to that beauty and like what's important to him and everything is this like dark entity of a gay person or something yeah it's just wrong it feels really wrong to me and I mean I mean that's what I would call like people the religious people that I grew up with are the most judgmental people I've ever met in my life and they're usually they they have just as much like sin in their lives as anyone else they Mm -hmm. also cheat on their husbands and wives they also you know are are doing things that they would like be really judgmental of other people doing they just are shady about it And, and, and you know it really comes back to like projecting I think like I think it's I think when you're ashamed of something in yourself or things that you're doing you're harder on other people that do it maybe 
I, I, don't I can't know. agree more. I mean, all of the men that are caught having gay sex in their office that have are like, the right. Yeah, they're they're voting against gay rights yeah. all the time. And yeah. I actually recently saw a story of a girl that was on the Jerry Springer show, not mm-hmm. a girl woman, mm-hmm. and she came on, you know, with all this hate speech about mm-hmm. gay people and was shouting at the audience, and they'd caught up with her like. 20 years later and she's yeah. humbled and she's like, I'm a lesbian, <laughs> you know? And it, cause, it's, that's like, but it's like, of course, if you're repressing that about yourself and someone in your life that you love, your, your parent, yeah. your best friend, your church leader that you love is saying being gay is a sin and it's evil, then you're going to be so terrified of it. You want to scream it out of everyone else to make oh it like go away for yourself. It really I makes can't sense. I even imagine, you know, I like, I am terrified of Mormons now. <laughs> I say that too. That's well, so stupid because they're nice. <laughs> they are nice. I mean, I'm terrified of them. That's I am. I completely shut down and like somehow they always find me everywhere I go. <laughs> like every house, every like new house I move to, they find me and my reactions. And these are like missionaries are like, 19 year old boys yeah they're not scared there's nothing scary about these people they're just (laughs) they're poor kids you know and my like whole I just I I just light on fire like I'm just it brings up so much pain for me Mm -hmm. because it's really hard growing up and not being able to feel accepted for who you are. And I'm not gay. (laughs) You know, I just had like slightly different like variants on the same ideas, you know, Mm -hmm. like if I even just slightly disagreed with it, you're, you're so judged. I can't imagine what it would be like to, I saw this um this video of a like a I think she was like 15 or something and she got up in front of her entire Mormon congregation and like oh god and she read off I a piece of paper no, I can't tell, even talk about it, it Do you want like, me to I tell was, the story then? I mean we oh, I would love to relay god. it. It was yeah, this brave brave girl but she was like 12 or something mm-hmm. um came up and made this very brave speech in front of her church. And it was so sweet. It wasn't hostile. It wasn't resentful. It was like very loving and just like, I'm gay and I hope you can accept me. It was. And they cut off a microphone. These grown people cut off a microphone and a a man ushered her off stage. I can't. Before she was done speaking. Yeah. I would never have, have the guts to do that ever. I mean, have you seen, um, I was really like proud to see, cause I keep praying that, cause I'm not trying to be like some guru or something. I keep praying that I am in this brand new collective conscious of people that are feeling compelled to educate and like mm-hmm. move religion in mm-hmm. the direction that it was meant to be like, I honestly break it all the way down and then mm-hmm. restructure it from the bottom up because when you see what's happening with the Roman Catholic Church and all the cover-ups with sexual, I mean, talk about sin. That's mm-hmm. sexual sin, you know? Mm-hmm. But the imaginary dragons guy, did you see? There's an uh, Imagine H- dragons? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Love the music. (laughs) (laughs) Have I mentioned I'm a rap fan? Sorry. Uh Sorry, Imagine Dragons. Um, But they have a special on HBO because he is Mormon. And he had gay friends that he, I believe didn't invite to his wedding or didn't have in his wedding party because he didn't feel like he could morally do that or it was the vice versa, something, whatever. Um, and they had a falling out and then he started really coming to terms with how terribly bigoted and awful his community had been to the gay community. Mm-hmm. And he held this concert in the middle of Salt Lake City in like the heart of Mormon country. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a huge turnout and he sold it out and he invited the girl that made the speech that got kicked off the stage. Oh, really? Yeah. So Aww. he revalidated her and brought her out on stage in oh, front of everybody and applauded her. It's very, it's a great tearjerker. I was into it. I mean, the only redeeming part of that video is that her mother supported her. Her mother's bomb. Her mother's amazing. Like, that's all you need. Your parents support you. You can do anything in the world. But I'm hoping that eventually we'll grow up in a world where it's just not even the thing. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you want to be gay? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, baby. Whatever. You can change your mind, too. Like, you can just, whatever you want. You know, like, like even, like, children's books, you know, the there are some books that, that talk about that. And pos- it's positive, but it's also, like, they do it in a way that differentiates them from us, and I don't like that either. Like, it should just yeah. be, like, just normal. Yeah. This is just a story about two people that happen to be the same sex. Not like yeah. this is a big, grandiose, romantic story about how love wins even when you're gay. It should be just normal. Yeah. You know, I mean, I keep, I keep being blown away by what we're going to tell our children that we went through <laughs> later in life because like, yeah. I just can't believe cause you know, they have picket signs from the forties and thirties, um, that are mirror images of the picket signs we have today in the forties and thirties. They were about how interracial marriage was an abomination to God. Mm-hmm. And now, 2018 mm-hmm. are you kidding me yeah it's ridiculous it's not even like a we're still holding up signs as quote christians like we have the audacity to hold up signs that call someone an abomination mm-hmm. and then the audacity mm-hmm. to think it makes it sound any softer or sweeter to say i don't hate you i hate your sin like, you just yeah. said hate. I also just can't get past the thought, like, if you believe in this one true God, um, God made them that way. God made us how we are for a reason. So how can you hate a being that God made? I don't get it. No, it doesn't make any sense to me. I know. I mean, we can go back and forth. And it doesn't affect you. No, it it doesn't doesn't affect you at all. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. You know? Like, if you don't believe in gay sex, don't have gay sex. Mm -hmm. It's not your thing. Yeah. But you probably secretly want gay sex. If you're thinking about it that much. If you're really mad about it. If you're in your house sharpening a poster about how mad you are. You really want gay sex. (laughs) you do and that's okay okay. yeah or you know that's the other thing you want to approach people like that with love too because you you don't want to make them feel bad because they probably have the 
stuff buried inside of them and I want them to feel like they can that they have support no true I mean I have I have such empathy for anyone that was in the indoctrination that you and I both were you and the Mormon Mm -hmm. community me and the born again community Mm -hmm. we both heard the same stuff and like I remember I never could really get on board with it being a sin but I just I saw other people take that on and really believe it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my heart does go out because I'm like, that's not your fault that some other person told you that was the way the world is. And Yeah, but it's your fault for continuing to believe it. And I think that everybody has that, like, that compass inside of them. Like, I mean, my entire life, my, you know, when I was raised in the Mormon church, it never occurred to me that it wasn't true because when you're raised in a religion and that's all, you know, that's Mm -hmm. all, you know. Yeah. And so if I ever had doubts about the church, then my thought was never, maybe this just isn't for me. It was always, I need to try harder to Mm. believe in this because there's something wrong with me for not believing it. Or maybe like, I just don't have, I don't know. There's something wrong with me. Yeah. And when there's moments like that, when like that family friend said that to me, that's your moral compass going off. Mm-hmm. Like, and there was like all these things leading up to her. I was like, this isn't right. And everybody has that. And every time I talk to my mom about gay marriage and this subject in general, which is really like, like as much as I have my issues with this religion and with my upbringing and with my relationship with my family as a result of that, the gay issue is one I cannot get over that because it's so hateful to yeah. me. I cannot. It drives me crazy. And this is the one subject I choose to talk to her about, like above our own stuff, above everything else is, okay, like let's go along with your idea of things and let's say, you know, you're right about this. So, what are what is someone that happens to be gay supposed to do if they want to live righteously mm-hmm. do everything they want that they're supposed to do in the church so are they supposed to marry a woman and my mom's like no because that wouldn't be honest and that would be fair to the woman okay like, okay <laughs> so are they supposed to be celibate their entire life mm-hmm. like how are and she was like she just kept shutting down and she'd be like well if they just live righteously and 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 they will be rewarded and kept like repeating this like generic response to it. And I'm like, okay, so let's say they live righteously and they, you know, they go to heaven and in the Mormon church, they're the biggest thing they talk about is family. And that's the biggest draw to the religion. I think is that you're promised eternal life with your family. Wow. So I'm like, okay, so you're celibate your whole life as a gay man or woman. Mm. And then you get into heaven and then you get to be with who you love, who who do you get to be with in the end? Like, that's the biggest reward. So do you get, are you not gay all of a sudden and you get to meet someone there? Or <laughs> yeah. like, what? Tell me how this breaks down. Like, how do you yeah. talk? Like, what? And she just, she can't answer it. And I can tell when, like, we reach into any kind of, like, gray area, she cannot, she does not want to think for herself. Mm. and I think it's really scary not knowing all the answers in life, and so I think it's just easier to have someone When you're made to be scared, because whenever you doubt anything, then you are scared, you're you're lacking in faith. Yeah, or it's just scary to die and, and not knowing the answers 
yeah. is brings your mortality into question, and that's really scary. Hi. <laughs> Can pause. Hi. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. Hi there. Hi. Brenda, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm glad you made it. Yeah. It's true though, because I do it too. Whenever I whenever I think about things that I don't understand or how we're here, why we're here, the big questions in life, it is all about mortality. It really is. Mm. It's so it's really scary. And it's easier to just know. Right? Yeah, that's true. But like oddly, I am so much more fulfilled and happy now that I don't know. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I really am. And that's what I told the last missionaries that came to my house. Because they kept coming. And I'm like, look, I'm not, not, you know, a lost soul that you need to find. I'm (laughs) so happy. (laughs) The happiest I've ever been. Totally. And and it's because I don't know. And that's exciting. I like that there's always something to learn. And, you know, I, I, I would love to... I love to fantasize about knowing the mysteries of the universe before I die, but yeah. Well, and it's all like a treasure hunt to figuring that out anyway. And someone recently said to me, um, you know, don't be, don't know, just be full of wonder when it comes to your faith and spirituality. Yeah. And that's really the most beautiful thing you can do. Oh, Oh, that's how you connect with people. Yeah. And it is, um, one of my most recent, like, favorite things that happened was I met um a girlfriend that was on one of my earlier podcasts Sarah Hartland and she works at this you know it's not Christian it's called Pure Flicks it's like basically Mm -hmm. very family Mm -hmm. wholesome style entertainment but anyway I sat down with her um a pastor and then another like producer on one of the shows and we all Mm -hmm. had very different ideas I was definitely the most liberal of all I'll always probably be the most liberal Christian in the room forever Mm -hmm. always and um maybe that makes me a horrible sinner I don't know we'll find (laughs) out later (laughs) maybe maybe not maybe I'll never find out Uh, but I'm also the happiest I've ever been in my entire life and so much of that is like you said just not being scared of a conversation with someone I am Mm. so firm in what I believe in like the most important way as far as like you know I believe in Jesus I believe he died for my sins and rose again as crazy as that sounds and like but I know I can't be talked out of it so then I'm like all right well that's all you need for this salvation ticket according to Christianity Mm -hmm. I've got that so now I can sit down with an Indian person and ask them all about you know their Hindu faith and not be scared for a second and learn mm-hmm. something new that might totally edify what I'm doing in my own life mm-hmm. and love them and just really be like that person was so dope I loved mm-hmm. that conversation because they're not threatening to you yeah no one mm-hmm. should be threatening to us yeah that makes sense I don't think so at all it um, does make sense like I think the people the reason why people get their backs up is because they may not be so secure with their own oh yeah I think so too so if you feel very if you feel secure in your beliefs and that makes you happy then that's a great thing yeah and no one can threaten that because that's that's you Mm -hmm. I do find those that are yelling the loudest are the closest to breaking Mm -hmm. because you don't have to scream if you're if you're just chilling you're just like well I'm fine I'm good yeah but if someone hits your hot button and you can go off yeah. You're on the verge of thinking you might be experiencing some 
yeah. cognitive dissonance or whatever is happening. Mm-hmm. So just release it and just ask yourself some big questions. It's fun. It's so fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, and I know we're not here to talk about your faith, but I am interested. <laughs> no, we can talk about it later. Okay. I'm so bored of talking about my own stuff. <laughs> I'm like, did you know I was saving myself? Yes, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Told my own story a thousand times. Um, yeah. uh, so I would love to get into the what actually happened. So you were, you know, so you're living your whole life as Mormon and then you get to high school. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? Um, I fell in love and I started having sex and with a boy. So with a boy, straight girl sex. Yeah. Straight girl sex. Um, I was, I was like almost 17, I was 16. Um, and I confided in one of my Mormon girlfriends about it Mm -hmm. and she went and told her mother oh my gosh who went and told my mother oh gosh um my mother went through my purse and found my birth control Mm -hmm. and where did you get that the the pp yeah yeah i don't even want to say that yeah i know isn't that terrible actually that i know i'm having responsible sex no i know i there's a, a hint of me that's like oh i should edit that out but it's like, no, why? Why? Because oh I know you guys are like, Planned Parenthood is saving people's lives. Yeah. They're like, I mean, the last time I went to Planned Parenthood, it's yeah. so ridiculous at my age, but I had a tampon in and I went to the beach. I was visiting my parents and then I like got out of the ocean and couldn't find it. And I was like, is it like all the way up in my body? I never had oh that happen God, to me. Really, that's really scary. About so that I was like trying to find so it. I was trying desperately <laughs> to find it. My mom's outside of the bathroom door. I'm so embarrassed. And I'm just like, she's well, like, are, are you looking? Yeah. And I'm like, I think I'm pretty much like all up in there. I don't think I, I don't think it's in there, but toxic shock syndrome is horrifying. Sick, I don't even yeah. use tampons anymore. Yeah. Oh I was God, just yeah. at home and didn't have another option. I usually use the, uh, the cup mm-hmm. which is amazing highly recommend yeah. um it's like a silicone cup yeah but, but um parenthood fish that out for you so no i went <laughs> to planned parenthood and there was one that i could find in south jersey one oh, because no. mike pence has shut down so much of that and oh, i was no. infuriated i was already so mad And just as a quick aside, like I'm a huge, massive supporter of Planned Parenthood because they offer sex education that girls Mm -hmm. and boys are not offered elsewhere. Mm -hmm. They are fully non-judgmental. You can tell them if you're being abused, they will help you. Mm -hmm. Like all the things you'd be terrified as a teen, they're there and Mm -hmm. they don't reject reality and the reality Mm -hmm. is that the majority of teens are sexually active and they're there to fill in the gaps where their parents Mm -hmm. aren't doing the job and yeah and I would have never went to my mother yeah and you any religious people that are judging me for being a Planned Parenthood advocate it's like you're the reason we need them because Mm -hmm. you're not educating you're not allowing reality to exist in your Mm -hmm. home you're not having honest conversations with your teens Mm -hmm. these people are actually out there helping your daughter not get pregnant so she doesn't have to have a secret abortion from you that's gonna like plague her for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. they're there to put birth control in tori's purse Mm -hmm. so she never has to be in that situation yeah and i was immediately sent away to military boot camp after my mom immediately 
after she found my birth control. Are we so talking like, like a day? Think about like what <laughs> I'm having responsible sex and I you get punished for that. She never spoke to me about it. What Nothing. really? Mm-mm. Okay. And I'm always joking with <clears throat> my partner's parents about this. I'm like so I never used birth control again. <laughs> yeah. I learned my lesson. Oh my gosh. What a bad girl having responsible sex. I know. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So. So are we talk? What's the turnover? She finds the birth control. Do you see her find it or we're in the same room? Uh, no, we were at church and I, I like left my purse there next to her and went to the bathroom and she went through my purse at church did your friend's mother tell her at church that day is that i'm not sure um oh, that's a whole nother bag of worms of like trust issues with the church but my friend the one i confided in ended up after i got sent away she ended up i found out had a conference call with my mother my father my stepmother and i think her mom on oh, the phone uh-huh. and described in detail what i had told her about my first sex experience Why? on a conference call. Okay, first of all, how perverted are you listening to a conversation from a teenager about another yeah. teenager? Like, I, w- mm. I would be like, please spare me I'm the details. So that is so disgusting. Like, so many trust issues on so many levels. With Like, it was not even about my mother. It was, like, about the whole community and, like, and then after I got sent away, I got sent away to a place, which, you know, I don't want to go into detail about it because it's. Do they like take you away in the middle of the night or how did you, um, how did they, they get usually you usually do, they usually do. Um, my mom did not want to do it that way because she, she wanted to have like a direct, um, uh, um, she wanted it to be like immediately after I did something wrong. So she was like tapping. Like you're a dog, like you're going to forget why right. you got sent there. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. Uh, like conditioning. It's crazy. Okay. I believe is what it's called. Um, no, she tapped the, the phone lines. And so she like had them ready to go. The two guys that came to get me. And she, um, yeah, she was tapping the phone lines. And so I was talking to my boyfriend. I wasn't allowed to see him. Um, and I was talking to him on the phone and saying like okay I'll walk across the street to see you because his best friend lived across the street from me and so when I walked out they grabbed me like and I was in my bikini and I fought like hell I was like punching and screaming and did you even know who they were did you just think you were being kidnapped (laughs) I knew exactly who they were well how did because I knew because I had a feeling my parents were gonna do this I knew exactly who they were is this like a standard practice in that community or like how did you think that would even happen? It was actually super trendy in Santa Barbara. <laughs> uh, a wow. lot of my friends got sent away. It, but the difference was a lot of the people I knew that got sent away were like doing drugs and stuff. I was like not. I didn't drink. I didn't drink. I didn't do anything when I got sent away. Wow. And so they're like, what are you in for? You're like a consensual monogamous protected sex <laughs> with my boyfriend at 17 it uh. was so I got through I got sent away four days after my birthday so I was 17 and I remember also I remember it was this awful ugh, my birthday was so awful my brother had just like gotten a dirt bike for his birthday and then like 
my mom gave me lipstick for my birthday and I like, I don't wear makeup. I never wear makeup. And it's just, it's just like every little detail of it. It's like, you don't know me at all. You got me makeup. And then, um, yeah. And then these guys grabbed me, threw me in the back of the car. It was very dramatic. I was screaming my boyfriend's name. And, and then, so they threw me in the back of the car. Um, did your boob come out? What? Did your boob come out? Yeah, I don't think it did, but I did. <laughs> I'm just having an amazing no, visual. No, I had a tiny bikini on, though. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Tori has a very <laughs> special bomb-like body, and, like, I, she was always wearing bikinis at these festivals, but, yeah. I can. I, so I remember I have a wearing, like, thong leotards a lot. Oh, yeah, lots that of thong leotards. And, like, combat boots. <laughs> <laughs> Um, exactly. but yeah it, it's an amazing it's an amazing coincidence the whole thing is crazy and then I got thrown in the back and then right as this is happening I'm like screaming at them I'm like I need my contacts I can't see mm-hmm. and so they were like calling my mom and they were like trying to arrange getting my glasses or something and then like as we're sitting there waiting my friend walked by <sighs> and I was like looking at her and I was like motioning to open the door I was like <gasps> open the door like from the inside and so she's like what and then she comes over and opens the back door. I go flying out. The driver presses on the gas. And so he's like dry, like speeding off. And I'm my body is halfway out of the car. Oh, And the other God. guy is holding my waist. And I'm like punching and screaming and fighting. And so they ended up like, yeah, we ended up driving to Utah to fly out because they didn't trust me to fly out of L.A. They Did you guys I'd have run. any conversations on this ride? Oh, yeah. I was working them the whole <laughs> Well, immediately, once I knew they had me, I was like, all right, I'm trying to get out of this in a different way. Like, just trying to talk to them. What did you say? Like, hostage situation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just got to know, you know, I was talking the whole time. Oh. What's up with you guys? You're still in a bikini? (laughs) (laughs) They must have got me clothes. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) No, I must have had clothes. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember. That's a really good question. When I write the movie version, you'll be in a bikini the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) With combat boots. But they ended up winning that manipulation because they bribed me. They told me I could call my boyfriend once I was on the plane if I didn't try and run again. Oh. Well, I mean, where would you have run? Just into the distance? You know, looking back on it, I could have have gotten away because we had to fly. We had to get on an airplane. So I'm, like, with two dudes that are escorting me. Like, I could have screamed my head off. And What's the legality of that anyway? Like, if you're... It's legal. Oh, that's crazy. It's legal. I feel like the gov... If it's illegal, I feel like there should be some sort of process that even, like, approves of what parents are sending away, what kids... They sign off reason. their parental rights. It's legal. And the place that I went to was an alternative to juvenile hall. So... Oh, my God. So I was the only one there that wasn't court-ordered. Wow. Um, and you know, again, very, very abusive place, really fucked up. And, um, they, they eventually got shut down because they killed someone. Wow. Um, my mother won't talk to me about this. Like her eyes glaze over whenever I mention it. Um, there's actually support forums online now for kids that went there because like a lot of the kids that went there, you know. They, they go as an alternative to juvenile hall, but their parents pay for them to go there because they think it's better than juvenile hall. Right. Um, but they're privately owned places and they can right. be like unregulated. They're even worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 
Um, so these support forums that I've seen since the place is called, uh, fair learning center, TLC, mm. ironically. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, there's these forums online and most, a lot of the people I see on there are actually kids and parents together because the, this place wasn't honest about, about what it was doing there. My, my mom didn't, it's another thing. Like we could get over it. We could talk about it. If she, if she would go there with me, she just won't talk about it. I just, she just can't handle the guilt of it or something. But um, she ever apologized or no, no, never. Do you think she's she even sorry? gone as far to saying things like that? It was good for me. Okay. Yeah. That's you really know? hard. Um, yeah. Which really pisses me off because if anything that I got good out of that place, it was because of my own strength getting through it. Like you don't deserve credit for anything well, good. You that went came in out of fighting. That. I'm sure. Yeah. You already had the tenacity and the personality. And too. honestly, like the best thing that, came out of that place was I called it like Plato's cave because you weren't allowed to talk to anyone you weren't allowed to make eye contact with anyone and so I had no influences my wow. entire like my entire time there which was three and a half months I had no one influencing me I didn't have my friends and my family you know before I got sent away I was like a really good girl I I was I still considered myself Mormon and I thought that you know I just, I was still in that place of, I just need to try harder to believe this. Not like, oh, maybe I just don't believe this. It yeah. was, no, there's something wrong with me. I need to try harder to believe it. I was in that place when I got sent away. And that three and a half months of no influences made me, I, I heard my own voice for the first time. Wow, and that's beautiful. It was a lot of things, but I was very disturbed by the church in a lot of ways and the way I really honestly felt brainwashed. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I grew a lot in that time too. Like as traumatic as it was, I think it was really important for me to have my own voice and have my own beliefs. And I, when I came out of there, it was like, I knew that everything I thought was real was wrong <laughs> my whole life. And it's, and I came out, I went in like feeling like a zombie and I came out feeling very alive, very like scarred and, and, you know, I'll never, ever trust my family ever again. It was horrible, but also I found myself and, and I don't know if there's anything more valuable than that, honestly. So, yeah, you know, and then I started doing drugs. <laughs> okay. When I got out, because I was pissed. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and what did it look like when you really got out? Pissed. So you're still going back to your parents' house after my, this? So my mom and my stepdad were the ones that sent me away, and my real dad's the one that got me out. Oh, so you so were supposed went, to stay longer? I was supposed to stay a year. And oh he went to God. court. He went to court, and um, they ended up sending a uh, a psychiatrist from the courts to come out and analyze me yeah that's what they should have done before they even put you in there yeah that should then, be step one yeah and then my dad later said he got bad legal advice and that he had every right to go take me out immediately but oh, instead wow. he like went through the court systems and so that's why well that's a so beautiful long. display of fatherly love that's some like Liam Neeson shit right there <laughs> it was and actually I, I very much trust my father I've yeah. I, I mean my imagine. dad's not been the best dad and he wasn't around a lot as a kid but like I don't, I don't, 
I trust him in that way. Like, I feel like he has my back. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. And he doesn't judge me for who I am. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's weird how that works. And but, who you are, by the way, is just like, it's obscene. <laughs> it's just like, who you are is a very kind-hearted, giving, <clears throat> generous, like, dope, thoughtful, beautiful young woman that's now a mother and a great partner. Thanks, like, Brenda. sorry, that's, <laughs> sorry, that's you. You turned out terribly. Like, I know. You should have stayed the whole year. I know. It's so sad, though, that because of this, like, my mother, who was always there for me and really had the best intentions, but, like, what? I will never, I will never have a good relationship. What was, okay, I have a couple of questions. Let's see. First, mm-hmm. did you did your boyfriend stay with, with you through it? Did, or was he gone by the time no, you got No, he was totally <laughs> gone. <laughs> He's like, what? That's that? the irony in this. Like, oh, well, when I first got sent away, he was very romantic and said he was going to, you know, come get me with a helicopter. And, <laughs> and he did. I think he plotted with my best friends for a couple of months, but no. He was with someone else by the time I got out. <laughs> and that's what's, that's what's so horrible about this is, you know, if my mom would have just let my stupid 17-year-old relationship <laughs> die on its own, because that's what happens, Yeah, he would have broken my heart anyways, and, you know, we would have broken up, and it would have been over, and I would have been crying in her arms, you know? Yeah. But instead, what it turned into is this, like, really exaggerated love in my head for the longest time it was like Romeo and Juliet because my mom it was like star-crossed lovers torn apart by <laughs> totally you know yeah absolutely. and ugh, it took me forever to get over that for that reason I think because I always blamed her instead of blaming him mm-hmm. well of course I mean you know? let's say they both have a bit to blame in this scenario <sighs> well I mean, he was a 17-year-old boy. <laughs> I don't blame him too much. <laughs> um, but Well, that brings me to my next question. What was so horrible that was going to happen to you in your life or in your afterlife if she didn't re- like immediately react and take you away someplace? She says it's because um, she was afraid I would get pregnant. And that's the worst thing that can happen to a person in the history of time or like, was your salvation at stake? I just think it's bullshit though because I was on birth control. And well, I think I, there was a lot of fair. lying going on there. Oh, she so also, what do you she think also the real told everyone is? in our lives that I got sent to a boarding school where I was riding horses and painting. That's, I, she that actually everyone, really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, so everyone thought I was like, no, just, just you know. That is and so- she also told everyone that my boyfriend was a drug dealer, like drug addict, which, you know, he was definitely like a bad boy. He definitely, you know, good girls like bad boys. Definitely true in high school. Yeah. Um, not so much when you grow up and you <laughs> yeah. grow a brain, but, um, but you know, he did drugs, mm-hmm. but he wasn't like at all the way that she described him. Like, is this? Yeah. Yeah. And then the last question is, what did she think the result of this particular place was going to be? Like, what kind of benefit could you have of thrusting your child, who is a really good kid, like into this environment with all of these kids that are actually from the criminal system? Oh, yeah. Like, the kids I was there with were, you know, I mean, they were my, I, I loved them because we were there together and 
going through this, but very different walks of life than me, you know. When were you able to, could you talk at some point? Because you said you couldn't Sometimes you couldn't, yeah, they had mics and like cameras on us. We couldn't talk, but there was a track outside and we couldn't run together, but we could, you know, pass by each other or like you'll, they'll run like a few feet ahead of you and you kind of talk that way. So there's ways around it, obviously, but yeah. You know, these girls were, I mean, one of them was like a 13-year-old prostitute. One of them Ugh, told and that, me. Oh, my God. That infuriates me, too. There should be no underage sex worker criminalized. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say prostitute. <sighs> oh, well, I, she, she wasn't not, technically one. Well, no, I just don't think we're supposed to say prostitute anymore. We're supposed to say oh. sex worker. Oh, okay. But at the time, I think I assigned prostitute because in that time frame of my life, that's what people that's how yeah that's she was fair we're all learning to. and evolving that's kind of how she referred to herself so you know oh, that's a, kind of a how the story old criminalized for like pay- oh no, no oh no. yeah there was another girl insane. that that was a heroin addict and i think she like stole her parents car and got through like five states before she was caught there was <laughs> another girl who told me she was in a gang mm-hmm. and i was like oh did you ever shoot anyone she's like yeah and i was like did did you kill someone she's like i don't know like i didn't stick around to find out i was like fuck like like I didn't what did you say when people asked you I was so insulated before this it's like no people it was a joke like why are you and you know they call you by their your last name like Arns why are you here Mm -hmm. I had sex with my like boyfriends they must have thought you were coming from like Mars with a story like that that's crazy so embarrassing and like all the sergeants there are really quite um intense there was i mean you know were they male female both mostly male um but one of them in particular was kind of nice to me and in retrospect that was also weird because i feel like he might have might have been interested in me but when i left he told me that he that it was insane that i was there yeah it's like really like um validating moment to have someone tell me that (laughs) totally um but so in my mom's defense though she was lied to she did not know what this place was and Mm -hmm. i've seen the ads for it since and they lie to you they're like your kid's gonna come and they're gonna read books and they're gonna eat healthy food and get healthy exercise and it's like no if you refuse to run around a track somebody's gonna tie a rope around your waist and drag you with a tractor or they're going to, like, beat you and, like, you know, like, she didn't know. And that's why a lot of these support forums, the parents and kids have come together, which is beautiful. Um, but she also, they, like, if, if any parents came to visit while we were there, we had a different curriculum. And you're so terrified that something bad's going to happen to you if you don't listen to them, that you just do it. But, like, on days when parents would come, we would, we would just do different things. Yeah. They would have us, like... I don't remember. I just remember they that we would do, we wouldn't. A more chill day. Yeah. yeah. We would do, like, we'd work in the garden or something. Mm-hmm. You know, so it looked, like, better than it did. So in her defense, she was absolutely lied to. Yeah. But she never visited. She never, like, fully researched it. And she's never, when I've told her what's happened, she shuts down the conversation and she doesn't listen. That's bizarre to me, too, to be so overly protective of a child that you ironically throw them into, like, a lion's den and genuine danger and genuine um, heartache. Well, fear can drive you to do 
really crazy things. Yeah. You're talking about her fear. Fear in general, but yeah, but yeah, definitely her fear. And I think she just felt like she lost control of me and yeah, she wanted to, I think I was 17. I only had one more year where she could legally control me, you know? Okay. So then, yeah. So after you land back in reality, you're living with your dad, where? Vegas. Vegas. And is he Mormon? Um, yeah, kind of. He's like Mormon, like, but very Mormon, like you're Christian, you know? (laughs) So he's super dope. So cool. (laughs) He's not judgmental. He's just like, you know, he believes in it. He really does. But he's more of like a takes it or leaves certain things. Yeah. I mean, not judgmental is everything, too. I think people appreciate nothing more than to just not be judged. Yeah. Like, I just experienced, like, the first healthy romantic relationship of my life because I've Mm -hmm. been terrible in that department. Mm -hmm. And that was the one thing that I loved above all, just never being judged. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, this is what it feels like to be, like, Mm -hmm. genuinely, unconditionally loved. And of all things, that's what all... And any child should feel from yeah. their parent. I'm just curious, like, how you ease back into life, basically. Well, my mom came to pick me up because I think, you know, she's the one that sent me there. So that was part of the deal. She was going to be the one to go pick me up. And she took me to the spa. Uh, okay. Which was also, you know. Well, <laughs> what was your reaction when you even saw her? Did you? I was just so happy to get out. I didn't care. I just wanted to leave. Um, and then I spent probably the next, like, couple months terrified that I might go back. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I would, you like, were kidnapped, shake. actually. Yeah, I would, like, I remember, like, the first week we went to Utah to go see family, and I ran into a girlfriend of mine. Like, I, I know one person in Utah, and I ran into her <clears throat> at the pool. And I, like, I remember, like, talking to her near her car and shaking, like, afraid that I was doing something wrong when they were going to come back and get me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know. What other repercussions did you, like, have in your life for this experience? I mean, that's a major one. The biggest one is the fallout of my relationship with my mom. Yeah. It really still makes me sad. And we're, we're, we're fine. We have a fine surface relationship. But I think, like, what... It's what my sadness is really comes from, like, really not even anything to do with boot camp. It's just like what religion has done to our family and how being right for her is more important than having a relationship with her daughter. And, um, I mean, I, I, I try and understand where she's coming from because if you really believe that and you believe your daughter is going to go to hell then you're going to do everything you can to stop her from going to hell, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. But at the sacrifice of like but not having an earthly relationship together. Yeah, it's not even about the trust of her, of her like betraying me and sending me away. It's beyond that. It's like on a daily basis not being able to have a, a real honest conversation with her ever because she knows there's nothing to explore with her. And so we don't, mm. we just don't talk about anything. It's all like surface conversation always. Yeah. 
I know? find that really frustrating because my both of my parents are really devoted to spiritual growth, and my dad is definitely very conservative. And I cried the other day because he sent me a message saying he was proud of me, and I was really scared that this project was going to further mess up our relationship. Our relationship was in a lot of turmoil because of Donald Trump. And yeah. then um, yeah, we backed <laughs> off of that together. Anyone that's friends with me on social media saw that fallout. It was mm-hmm. like being actually trolled by my dad online. Oh my God. Um, yes. It like made so me laugh. People, so <laughs> like, many people, including me. Like, <laughs> And I just kept trying to explain. I'm like, just want you to understand that when you say something like, I don't even want to tell you some of the things because they're so outrageous to me that it's like I'm not reading it by myself in the privacy of my own home. There's like thousands (laughs) of people. One of my girlfriends. Is your dad like internet savvy? Does he get that? Oh, yeah. He's very he's um, he was there. It's like the inception of computers and he loves technology. So funny. He's in his 70s. But one thing about him is that he's really committed to learning. And Mm -hmm. he had the same he grew up with the same exact um, fears that all of us have. But they're magnified. I feel like each generation calms down a little bit. But I don't know. It's still pretty bad. The stuff that I see out there. Um, But he is really committed to growth. I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, but how can he, how do you have growth if you already know the answers? Well, that's the thing. He doesn't know he the doesn't. answers. He is, he is okay to say there's something I might not know. And I think that that's because his whole life has been very scientific and he's seen the evolution yeah. of technology. Yeah. He knows that things are always... Does he believe in evolution? Um, I believe so. I mean... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He's like not getting behind climate change last time I checked. But also I've had very subtle conversations and I've been mentioning climate change a little bit in my videos to warm everybody up to the fact that it's real and it's not a sin to believe it's real. Um, but what, is, what could possibly be... How could that possibly be construed as like, this is not a religious subject. There's nothing about this that is, that should be partisan or religious in any way. I know. And that's why people have to realize they're being duped. And I'm not talking down to anyone because I've been duped a million times by the church and I've fell hook, line and sinker for a lot of things. Um, Some were real and some were not. Politicians that are using belief to manipulate Well, yeah, and it sounds conspiratorial, but honestly, there's an organization called Focus on the Family. Pat Robertson is always whispering in the ear of um, whatever Republican candidate is up. So they push their agenda through and promise the evangelical vote Mm -hmm. if their people... That's why Donald Trump is supposedly a Christian, Mm -hmm. um, because... He had um, those men in that religious organization whispering in his ear, being like, if you want the evangelical vote, we'll give it to you. Just promise us. I mean, and whatever. I'm. This is a conspiracy, but at the same time, there's a lot to back it up. I don't know how the conversation actually goes, but it is like if you run on a platform of anti-gay marriage and anti-abortion, you will get the evangelical vote. Mm-hmm. And I think after that, it's really easy to see their ties and connections to... Um, people in the oil industry anyone that has money is also like basically like I just don't get it this, <laughs> I I get the abortion thing 
that's a really complicated issue. And I understand why people get heated on both sides. Yeah. I get that is a spiritual decision. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why spirituality gets wrapped up in the conversation, but like global warming, <laughs> it's not, I don't get it. I don't yeah. understand. I'm going to, I'm going to do like, a video on it cause I have to look into it more, but I really believe it's because if you can convince Christians with their vote that it's mm-hmm. anti biblical and like anti God to believe that that's happening and the arguments are stupid. Don't worry. I'm, I know like what I'm God saying. God wouldn't is do that. Is that, that like it? that the you know the Earth is only six thousand years old? So scientists are already lying to you about the age of the Earth, and so they're lying to you about all these other things. I don't even know. I really but have. How to. can you say that the Earth is six thousand years old? That's like you can't because if I you want to like, take the word of God literally, you just have to get on that train. But obviously, you can't take the word of God literally. You say obviously, but, but <laughs> not everybody is on board with but that. But doesn't I God don't. say you should burn somebody if they, like, or, I mean, someone's, aren't we not supposed to have sex on our period or something? Like, isn't there, like, a lot <laughs> yeah. of really weird stuff we're not supposed no, to do? No, there is, we're, there is. If we take the Bible literally, I mean, are you going to throw stones at someone, an adulteress? Like, I don't understand. Like, how can you pick and choose literal Bible, Bible interpretation? I don't understand. You're making excellent points. I know. That's why I like. It's either all or nothing, right? That's what they say, and then they say um, if you doubt or reject anything, like being gay is a sin or something, then you're lukewarm Christian. Because there's a verse that says, "If you're neither hot or cold, God will spit you out of His mouth." So you're like, Uh so you have to be all in. And I'm like, being hot, like when people Mm -hmm. call me lukewarm because I doubt that masturbating is a sin or something and they call me a lukewarm Christian. I'm like, no, I'm actually incredibly devoted to the point that I've like been in my bedroom as a kid crying and asking if I could masturbate. And I just feel like I got an answer. You know, that's not (laughs) lukewarm. That's like, you know, in my purest of times, genuinely seeking out. I just, okay. What, if you're going to be, if you're going to interpret the Bible literally, and throw stones at adulterers. And what else? I know there's lots of pretty crazy stuff in there. Yeah. What separates you from, like, ISIS? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, I if mean you, th- if what you... separates you is that you're not acting on it and you're not killing people. Right. That's what separates you. And ISIS believes that they are, you know, current warrior jihadists. And we are still living in biblical times. And right. we are – it is active Bible. I get mm-hmm. that. So that's what I don't want to like compare Christians to ISIS. But if you are going yeah. to interpret the Bible literally, then you then you should kill people. Right. No, it's, I don't it's, get it. No, it's completely true. That's why it's a joke when people say they're following the full letter of the law, because I'm like, you know, and also it's just like, yeah, it's just convenient what they choose to abandon. You know, yeah, like, I've never heard a period sex sermon. Yeah. <laughs> Not once in my life. Also, isn't isn't the you know, don't be gay thing only mentioned like twice? It's only mentioned, mentioned a lot. Six times. No. Six times. Yeah. We got kind of screwed over because it's in the New Testament, which is okay. very frustrating for me trying to And how many to... times is no period sex or adultery mentioned? 
That's like once, but divorce is mentioned more than being gay. Really? Uh-huh. And um, pride is mentioned more than any other sin. Wow. Fear is mentioned 80 or 90 <gasps> times. Fear? Mm-hmm. Fear is a sin, which is wow. ironic considering the entire church has built itself on, sin, on fear. On fear? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I, I really believe that's the foundation that needs to crumble and die. Because I don't want the church to die, um, even though it is dying, because so much of church has made themselves not only irrelevant, but made um, enemies out of themselves. And right now, yeah. with how loud and proud they are about you know, being anti the things that they are because of Trump and this new rhetoric, it's like, you are just making more enemies. Like there's churches that are rotting away in Philadelphia, beautiful old buildings, mm -hmm. like dreaming of buying one one day and like restoring it. But that would be awesome. they're closing because, and it's not because, oh, you need to keep up with the times and, you know, stay relevant and then abandon your true nature principles. Mm -hmm. It's because they lost the plot. They're obsessed mm -hmm. with sex. They're obsessed with money. Mm -hmm. And, they're obsessed with fear, most mm -hmm. of all. And those are That's three amazing. things. I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't know fear was a sin. And I've read the Bible a lot. I mean, I don't know I've if you would classify it as times. a sin. I call a sin anything that is harming myself or someone else. And because everything that I can think of that's made me feel ill about myself or something I've done has caused harm to me or someone. Yeah. And, um, fear has caused me so much harm because I, yeah. a lot of times my worst things have been reactions to fear. Anytime I've lied really badly has been out of fear. Mm -hmm. It's like the root of anything. People murder people cause they're afraid like mm -hmm. their wife's going to leave them or whatever. Everything mm -hmm. is based in fear. Right. And the church has somehow, mm -hmm. and I, I hate to say the church cause I know there are good churches out there, but as mm -hmm. a whole, and it's also looking more like an industry lately than an actual spiritual place. Yeah. I, I think the best way someone can be is just in alignment in every area of their life and everything is flowing and nothing is draining another area, you know, so your sexuality, spirituality, mm -hmm. your health, you mm -hmm. know, is all your work, your career, your family time is all just in alignment. And there's not, it's not like you're going in a circle through these things and then you slip up and masturbate because you're the worst sinner in the entire world. And then you have to go back to work with all that shame. It's like, no, all of these things, you know, just like check your heart, see what actually feels right and wrong to you. Also, masturbation is consensual. <clears throat> it's not hurting anyone. And it's actually very healthy and relieves a lot of stress. And I know. Could I probably it, yeah. prevent a lot of raping. And like, yeah. why do you think priests are raping kids? It's because they're repressed. I know and the loopholes. Like, it's yeah. just. Ugh. No, I know. I really think repression is a form of the devil. Yeah. And I've heard the argument from religious people before, and this would probably be in your Mormon community as well, from people saying like, well, if you tell people that, you know, to just trust your heart to have whatever sex is right, then who's to say you won't be out like having sex with a goat or having sex with their, you know, right. a child neighbor. And it's like, no, because <laughs> if you ever actually freed yourself to ask yourself the big questions and you actually sensed it yeah. in your being with your morality, trusted yourself, I would love to hear more messages from pastors saying, 
hey guys, here's a message. Take it or leave it. If it resonates, it's mm-hmm. real. If it strikes you the wrong way, maybe I'm having an off day because I'm a, a person and I mess up and mm-hmm. I'm like coming from my own flaws. Mm-hmm. And um, God bless. Here's the message. Like that would be so profound and powerful. And then you go home and you're like, you know, unless you're inclined to actually do really dark things. And even then, I'm sure you feel it to your core. You know when you're doing wrong. And there are people that are inclined to do dark things. I think there are. And we're not excusing all of that. It's like, no. I think if you did see sin as, is it hurting me? Is it hurting anyone else? That's a good place to start. But also look at the type of personalities that, that are predisposed to doing truly evil things right mm-hmm. and like look at the kinds of childhoods they had yeah. and how that amplifies those predispositions if you want a better world you want to nurture people and give them belonging and don't judge them and give them community and make them feel loved and people have you know goodness is is intrinsic people want that and they want connection ultimately yeah, really. I think there's a small population that do- of small percentage of the population that doesn't, but you know, I'd say 99.9 percent of people are not psychopaths, and <laughs> yeah. they just want connection and mm-hmm. they want to feel belonging. Yeah, and That's the most it. hurtful things we do to each other are out of our own pain. Like I can think yeah. of like. I feel like everyone we know, especially in our circle, is a genuinely good person. There's no one that I wouldn't leave my child with or, you know, it's just like they're good people. And the only times I've been hurt by any of them or I've hurt them is out of my own reaction to something painful that happened to me. Yeah. Well, as a mother and someone that suffered this trauma of your sexuality being very tied to actually literally being imprisoned for it, that's crazy to me. First of all, how did you end up getting a healthy sexuality after facing that situation? Um, Or if you're even fully there, I still feel ashamed sometimes. You still feel ashamed? I still feel scared every once in a while that I'm doing something bad. Oh, like, oh, yeah. 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 Um, I don't feel like I'm doing anything bad. I feel there's a lot of, like, fear that my mom puts in my head about, like... um, you know, marriage. So there, there's shame and, and fear that creeps up for me. But, and it's weird because sometimes like after I have a conversation with my mom about, or like she'll talk to me about marriage and I, I kind of like take it out on my partner a Mm -hmm. little bit. And when I back off that and like have perspective, I'm like, I have a really great, trusting, beautiful relationship with my partner. And this is completely coming from my mother. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's making me feel unsafe. Like he doesn't make me feel unsafe at yeah. all. He, I, I just saw like a beautiful interaction, the way they're both like co-parenting and the res- the mutual respect and adoration and trust. Yeah. It's very and, you know, apparent. We talk about marriage. We might do that. Mm-hmm. We might not. Um, but I, I think, like, the reason why we talk about getting married is for very, very practical reasons. Yeah, sure. Like, he's Taxes. already my family, no matter what. Like, signing a piece of paper is not going to make, like, us love each other more or respect each other more. It's just for, like, okay, there's practical reasons. Like, there's benefits in doing this. So. Yeah, for sure. But there's really, an, I don't think marriage is very romantic. Like, really, when you get down to, like, the nitty-gritty of, like, what that is <laughs> yeah you know I agree I never really dreamed of weddings when I was little me neither 
but it's very romantic to like love is very romantic mm -hmm. and wanting to have a family with someone's very romantic yeah you know totally so and and wanting to do those practical things with someone is also romantic so it is like tied together but yeah not necessarily mutually exclusive yeah you know um lastly how would you or how do you plan to talk to wilding about sex um god i don't know i haven't thought about <laughs> it because i know you haven't had a uh i mean i talked to um astasia mm -hmm. meredith's friend i have this beautiful friend who lives in oregon she has four children set of twins mm -hmm. and um i asked her because i'm always asking people these questions um when do you start talking to your kids about sex? Because they're like 21 to literally like two years old or something. She's a 21-year-old daughter. She has a 21-year-old daughter and like her twins are maybe two or three or something. Okay, wow. So I was really curious, when do you talk to your kids about sex? How? Mm. Because I was really impressed by how beautiful her daughter, Kata, turned out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, she was like, you talk to your kids about sex all the time, always, yeah, and yeah. forever. And the conversation yeah. just evolves as time goes on. Yeah, that's, I mean, ex I mean, when you said that initially, I was like imagining this moment when he's a teenager and he likes a girl or something. But like, yeah, we, we talk about sex now. So how do you do that? How does that look? It's like, we don't really give a lot of power to it at all. It's just normal. Does he and ask you life? any questions or... Uh, he's no, he? he's too young really yeah. to ask pointed questions like that, but he's one time he woke up and walked in. Oh, we okay. Sex and he, mom, what are you doing? Oh no. That's it. But we don't, you know, we don't. And what did to, you like, say? Like nothing. <laughs> I mean, we stopped, but, and we like, hi baby. Like, I don't know. I, we, we didn't act like anything was wrong. No, we I just, love that. Like, you just don't give it that power. Yeah, I mm -hmm. mean, I would never intentionally want him to see that, but also, it's not a big deal, and I don't know. I think, we'll see. He's three. We'll see how this goes, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I don't want to... There's a lot of, like, putting your words in your mouth when you're a parent, you know? <laughs> I'm sure. Where you're like, I'm going to be this way, and you get there, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm never going to let my kid watch kid TV, and then you're like, please, just <laughs> stop. Um, yeah, you know, so there's a lot of that, but, uh, you're going to tell him he has to save himself for marriage, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to know it's special. I mean, you know, I, it's something that I, I mean, it's special for me. I, I definitely like exchange energy with people that I'm mm -hmm. sexually intimate with. It's very, very special yeah. for me. And I am, and I think it's, I'm a very sensitive person, so I, I don't think it's like that for everyone, but I am definitely, like, very attached to people immediately that I have sex with, so I'm careful about who I have sex with, and for me, it's very special, and I would want him to feel like it's special, and this is something you do with people you love, and sometimes you're going to love more than one person in life, and, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want him to I wouldn't want it to be stigmatized at all. I want it to feel really normal, but I also want to balance that with, with, you know, it being special and not something you like throw around. Yeah. I don't know. I, I want to eat my words now though. Cause there's some people that are, that are, that I know that aren't like me at all that have very active 
sex lives and they feel really fulfilled by that. So I don't know. I just think it's yeah, different I guess for you everyone, don't have to. Right? I mean, it really easily can go back to um, honor your body. Yeah. 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 So whatever exactly. that means for you, you know, yeah, you can you can figure out what feels right and wrong and you yeah. might mess up and. And he's a boy, too, so I think the conversation with him is going to be different. Like, it's going to be about, like, oh. God, <laughs> it's crazy to think about. I know. Um, being respectful. and Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, having, I think the conversation with boys is probably going to be yeah. different. Yeah, and I'm so happy those are things are coming up. Boys mm-hmm. are going to start being allowed to be sensitive, but also get put into check about consent and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> things we didn't even realize were happening while we were growing up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I love this I feel like we've covered a lot of different ground um and I'm so grateful to have heard your experience about this and I hope that any of you guys listening that are having trouble with your parents I hope you feel comfortable sharing this with them maybe it can spark a good dialogue in your household because If your parents are doing something out of love, but it's really causing you harm, I think you guys should try to address it before it gets worse. And maybe Tori's story can be a cautionary tale of how to not lose your relationship with your child. And Mm -hmm. it's the most valuable thing in the world. Family and communion and like covenant with the people we love is everything. Mm -hmm. So no matter what your child is doing that you think is a quote sin, Maybe just let them figure it out on their own and just love them. I was also going to mention, like, before we started doing this, like, Ben, the way that Ben's family handles this, and it's so good. Tell me. They're just not judgmental at all. Like I was saying, you can, like, say anything to them. And they'll say to you, well, that's stupid. You shouldn't do that. And you're like, don't, well, don't drink so much. Or don't, no, that's not. But it's never, there's, it's a different tone. It's never, like, like, judgmental. It's just like, no. So you can teach your kids you don't have to be hands-off you can still be like don't be an idiot yeah you know, and you'll be telling them something they and knew have sex with, with random people that you don't know like there's there's a way there's a tack to this where you can be parents and guide them <laughs> and not you know be judgmental and make them feel like bad people yeah hi baby wilding just showed up to cuddle Hey, boo-boo. <laughs> Are you done with our conversation? We're going to wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, done. Say hi. Hi. Hi, baby. <laughs> You're the cutest. I'm just here in this house of unwedded sin, <laughs> watching <laughs> the despicable love between mother and child. <laughs> hi, cutie. Hi. This concludes my podcast with Tori Arns. Excuse the sound quality here. I'm just recording on my computer. But if anyone would like to reach out to her, her Instagram is at Stoneheart Jewelry. That is Stone, H-A-R-T, Jewelry. Tori is open to hearing from you guys if you feel like you are being spiritually abused by either your church or your community or your parents. She's open to conversation. So I love you guys. Tori does as well. Thank you so much for listening and God bless.